Hello everyone, I'm Ellis Traub and this is Money, Business and More. Don't you just hate salesmen? Whatever you're buying, you'd rather do it online and not have to listen to someone try to talk you into buying something you may or may not want. Well, let's face it, salesmen have a bad name. Well, that's kind of a shame, isn't it? Because most businesses need sales to make them healthy. And if nobody wants to be accosted by one, how are you going to get anyone to buy what you're selling? I'm going to devote the next few minutes to salesmanship and how you can actually create a culture in your business that will have your customers looking forward to talking with you or your sales staff, welcome them gladly into their homes, and even invite them to lunch. Back in the day, my dad was a salesman, and he managed to give me a good life and pay my tuition at Harvard until I let him off the hook by signing up for flight training and hitching the Marine Corps. Over the years, he let me go on calls with him, taught me a lot about the profession, and even let me make calls while he rode shotgun and critiqued my performance. What he taught me was that selling was an honorable profession, and being a stereotyped salesman was not. He taught me that the ability to persuade other people to do things was a gift and a privilege, and with it came a serious responsibility not to use it irresponsibly and in a fashion that would get others to buy things they shouldn't. And while I saw him change no's into yeses more than once, I never once saw him pressure anyone to buy or use tricks and techniques to get someone to buy something they didn't have a legitimate use for. Just as you and I do now, he had no respect for those who reflected badly on his chosen profession. So what makes the difference? And how, if you don't put some pressure on, can you get them to give you their money? Well, it's all in the mindset you approach your selling with. And just as I mentioned in my earlier podcast about money, that mindset is quite different in most people. If you go to sales schools or you sign up for a webinar on selling, or you work for a company that has you following leads and calling on prospects, you'll find a very common training ritual. It goes something like this. First, approach the prospect. Use some small talk to establish a rapport. And when you feel he or she is comfortable, ask them what they know about your company. Tell them enough to establish trust because the company has been around for many years. And show your prospect all of the testimonials you can that are printed in the manual you carry with you. Once you've established trust in your company, next ask a leading question about whatever it is that your product or service might help them with. If they give you a favorable answer, you can then test the waters to see if they're interested in what you've told them. If not, repeat until you get some kind of favorable response. At this point comes the close, and there are a multitude of techniques for getting people to say yes or signing a contract or an agreement. One of them is to give your prospect two options rather than yes or no. That way, if you ask them if they want the red one or the blue one, they won't have the option of saying no. They'll be more likely to say one or another. Another is to assume that they are buying and just ask them, would they rather have it delivered right away or would they rather wait a week? Or maybe would they prefer to pay for it all at once or financing? And it goes on and on. Each of these options while many of them work, make the prospect very uncomfortable and actually unhappy with their choice, if only because they hate themselves for being weak enough not to resist. 
I remember one sales course where they had physical techniques. Back in the day when they had ink pens instead of the ballpoint pens we have today, the trick was to take out a contract, take the cap off your pen, and with the contract in one hand, facing your prospect, let the pen slide down it so the prospect would have to catch it before it went in his lap. The theory was that once he had the pen in his hand, it would be easier to get him to sign. Of course, the show went on even after the close. You're told to make sure to congratulate the prospect for his good judgment and repeat all the reasons he would be happy he made the decision. And finally, assure him that even if it weren't true, that you would be available to make sure to take care of any problems if they should arise. With the sales force of this country being trained like that, there's no wonder that sales is considered a low-life career and not worthy of being called a profession. Many salespeople are taught to learn a prepared pitch and be able to say it with sincerity because that pitch had been written by successful salespeople and contains all of the elements necessary to close the sale. So don't deviate from it. And of course, they're told to understand that it takes so many no's before you come to a yes. So don't fret about the no. Just go on to the next lead and you're closer to success than you were. Folks, this is all a bunch of BS. This kind of thing is so prevalent, especially in some of the more competitive industries where price enters into the picture, and you're told you can discount the price to get the deal. There's a whole lot more I can tell you about the kind of salesman or saleswoman not to be, but I don't want to use up your valuable time in talking about the things you shouldn't do. Instead, I'm going to tell you the 10 things that successful salesmen do and then talk to you about how to close a sale. With these items, you'll be able to turn a sales call into a very pleasant experience for both you or your sales team and the prospect you want to do business with. But first, let's take a little break and get right back to it. Did you know that you have access to a personal mentor to help you with your business issues? Whether you're starting a new business or trying to improve the way an existing business runs, You'll find them at SCORE.org. This is the website for SCORE, the Service Corps of Retired Executives. It's an arm of the U.S. Small Business Administration and consists of thousands of volunteers in more than 300 cities across the United States. And the best part is that their services are offered at no cost to you. At SCORE.org, you can enter your zip code and find a list of local mentors, each showing his or her areas of expertise. And you can schedule your own appointment at a convenient time and location. SCORE also offers a variety of regular workshops presented by professionals in their fields. You can see a current schedule of those events and pre-register on the spot. Some general classes are offered free of charge, while others have a modest fee, which is usually discounted for pre-registration. Check it out! SCORE is the place to go to find someone whose experience may be just what you need. Before I give you those 10 items, I want to explain the concept behind them. The most important thing you need to do to be a respected sales professional is to embrace a totally different view of yourself than these sales programs typically teach you. You are not a salesman who earns his living by getting other people to agree to buy the products you're selling. Instead, you're a specialist who knows more than anyone else about the things that can help your prospect solve his problems, meet his needs, or give him what he wants. 
When you meet him or her, you don't yet know what his problems, needs, or wants are, but you're eager to find out because unless you know, you can't be of service to him or her. That simple change in how you see yourself is more important than any other suggestion I could give you. So, that said, here are the 10 items that you can use to make you or your salesman successful. Number one, qualify your leads. Find out if your prospect has a real need or desire for what you have to offer and determine that he or she has time to talk with you. To do this, you'll need to ask appropriate questions, such as how they perform some task, whether they would benefit if they could do something differently, what their biggest problem is in the area your product or service is able to do better, quicker, and a lower cost. Show that you value their time by asking them when it might be convenient for them to discuss their problem, need, or desire with you. Don't burn leads by wasting time on someone who doesn't have such a need or doesn't want to take the time to talk with you about it. Ask them when it would be convenient to meet or talk with them. This leads me to the next item. Two, only ask questions. This is most important. When you're talking, they're in control of the conversation. When they're talking, you are. If you're talking, you're not learning anything. But if you're asking questions, the answers you get can help you fine-tune what you know about them. And the more you know, the better able you're going to be to give them exactly what they need or want. The questions can be anything from, what's your biggest concern about something? Or how long does it take you to do something? Or how do you handle some situation? To questions like, if you were able to do this in only this much time, how would that affect your business? Or is there anything about the product or service I'm introducing you to that you don't understand or that bothers you? Make a game out of listening to what your prospect says to you and then forming another question that addresses what he or she just said. This is the skill of the best interviewers on television and with little effort you can master it. Best of all, you'll see how easy it is to learn enough about your prospect and his business to make what you have to offer incredibly valuable. Number three, never make a statement unless it's an answer to a question. This is kind of a corollary to the last one. There could be no better response from your prospect than to have him or her ask you a question. That's a gift. It means they're interested enough in what you've got to offer to be curious. And that's your first indication that the transaction is getting closer to the point where they want what you have. How you handle that question is key. It goes without saying that you should answer it honestly and in as few words as possible. If you have anything more to say than just what it takes to answer his question, don't yield to the temptation to open the spigot and give him a spiel. If you do, you've just lost control of the conversation and you've worked too hard to get to the point where he becomes curious. Your best bet is to follow up your brief answer with another question like, is that what you wanted to know or something else that will give you additional information about where he stands? If he says yes to that, you can then go a step further and ask him if there are any other questions you can help him with. And if he says he can't think of any, he's told you that he probably knows all he needs to know to make a decision. Number four, learn as much as possible about your prospect and his business or industry. This and the next two should be obvious, but I can't stress them enough. The more you learn about your prospect and the business he's in, 
the better questions you can ask and the more he'll respect you for taking the time and effort to learn about what he does. If you've researched common problems that people in his business or industry run into, and it's easy enough to Google that question, the easier it will be to ask if he has the same problems that most people in his business have, and then go on to identify that problem. If he says yes, you can ask him what he does about it, a perfect lead-in to a what-if question. What if you could, and then go on to suggest how he would handle it using your solution. Number five. Learn as much as possible about your products or services. This should go without saying. If your prospect becomes curious enough about your products or services, you better have a good answer if he asks. Most important, if you don't know the answer, don't try to BS him. Tell him that you don't know, but you know where to get the answer for him and ask if you could call him back as soon as you do. Successful salespeople are those who have established a reputation for being honest and straightforward. It's the BSers who are the hucksters. Number six, learn as much as possible about your competition. While it's against the rules to knock your competition, you should still know as much as possible about it so you can stress the points about your products or services that the competition can't match. The more you know about the other guy, the better able you'll be to call attention to the things that you have that are unique and better, and then you can do the next thing, which is... Number seven, encourage your prospect to evaluate your competition. Now, I don't mean that you should just up and tell your prospect that he ought to call in your competition and let him make a presentation. That would be just plain stupid. But what I do mean is that if your prospect starts to tell you about the good things your competition has that he doesn't know you have, then you're in a position to do one of two things. If you have the feature in question, Ask him, if we had that feature, would that be enough to make you want to go ahead with it? Or, if you don't have the features, suggest that he consider the value of that feature to him, but to have a look at the competition and see if all the things that you know they don't have is enough to make up the difference. So there you are, another question, and the answer can give you some more vital information. As often as not, by stressing the valuable things that you have, without knocking the competition that doesn't, most prospects won't even want to bother going any further to explore your competition. Number eight, focus on value to your prospect and convert cost questions to value questions. There will come a time when the cost of what you offer rears its head, where most hucksters are afraid of that question and do all they can to work around a direct answer you should regard that question as a measure of your success. If your prospect weren't interested enough to be ready to buy it, he wouldn't ask you what it costs. This is the time to review all of the benefits that your product or service represents, and then ask, if you could get all those benefits for X number of dollars, would it be worth it to you? And give him a price that's above what you will actually propose. If he says, yes, the deal is done and you're ready to close, and you can tell them that it must be a bargain then because it will only cost this much. Happy customer. If he says no, then your question should be, okay, how much do you think these benefits would be worth to you? If he undercuts your price, then your response would be to tell him that X is the actual price and you were just explaining how much those values were actually worth. And then review each of the benefits you've cited and how much each is worth in terms of time or money saved. And if he still doesn't think it's worth your price, 
walk away from the deal pleasantly. Don't sulk. Don't say something that will burn your bridges behind you. Just say something like, no problem, maybe another time. Here's my card if another opportunity should come up and be done with it. Which takes me to the next item. Never discount unless it will produce more business. We've made the point that salesmanship is not a technique. It's building a relationship based on trust, integrity, and a focus on the value given rather than received. To offer a discount to get the deal is to blow that out of the water. It does nothing but put a stamp on the fact that if you were able to get him to pay your first price, you were cheating him. Discounting simply says, my product isn't really worth what I told you it was. Leave that to the hucksters and hold your ground on price. Do what you need to to justify the price. Restate the values and benefits if you have to go that far, but don't cut your price. If your prospect says that he or she can get it cheaper from your competition, demonstrate that you have their interest at heart by agreeing with them that they should and encourage them to do it if they're sure they're getting exactly the same product or service. But unless it's exactly the same, you can offer to remove features to meet your customer's price. Or you can offer to arrange terms to make it easier on them. But stress the benefits of what you have to take away. Ask which of the features you offer they prefer to give up. Don't just cut the price to get the deal. That said, there are appropriate times to reduce the price, but only as an incentive that will make you more money than you would have made otherwise. You can justify it as a marketing or advertising expense because it is what makes people who otherwise wouldn't spend the extra money want to do it. Examples are quantity discounts, twofers, and other cases where your customers are induced to buy more of what you're selling than they would otherwise. Under the heading of marketing, you have a whole quiver of arrows that you can aim at the loyalty ring on your marketing funnel. Buying clubs, rewards for bringing in new customers, and so on. And finally, number 10, be in no hurry to close. Finally, you're ready to close when you're satisfied that you've bonded with your prospect and that he or she is comfortable that you have their best interest at heart. You've worked too hard to establish a relationship that will result in that trust and pure consideration of the benefits and not one of knee-jerk resistance that's normal. So the last thing you want to do is resurrect it. So let's wind this up by talking about closing the sale. This is nothing more than knowing when you and your prospect have come to a conclusion that what you're selling is what he really wants and that the value to him or her is worth the price that's being asked for it. You should have showed that you enjoy your relationship with your prospect and confident that he or she has every reason to feel the same about you. Throughout your interview, you focus on the benefits she or he will get from owning or using your products or services. Most often, if you're listening to your prospects' answers to your questions and responses to your replies, you know when the time has come to ask him for the order. If he's asked you how much it costs, there's a tell. If he's nodding every time you ask him if a feature will benefit him, that's another. Your conversation is full of indications when the time has come to invite him to complete the transaction with you. And again, the way to do it is with a question. Have I answered all your questions? Are you satisfied that this will give you the benefits we've talked about? Are there any problems I haven't handled to your satisfaction? And finally, well then, have I done all I need to earn your business? Or a simple, shall we? 
a good way to capitalize on your having made him feel you're on his or her side and not just looking for your own reward. Usually that's a bingo. You're there and can write up the order. But if he's hesitant with the relationship you've established, you've earned the right to know why. What did I miss? Is it the quality that what I showed you? Is it the terms? What is it? When he answers, don't argue with him. Surprise him. Well, I can understand why you feel that way. And you don't want to wait too long before you start to enjoy that benefit. Every situation has a different set of responses. But after it's all done, you can ignore everything else and say with a smile, Come on, I haven't heard any real reasons not to go ahead. Let's uh, get you started enjoying this today. Finally, if all else fails, your last hurrah should be that you've enjoyed being with him or her. You've learned enough about his or her business to be better able to help him or her in the future. And ask if he or she would feel comfortable recommending you to others with similar problems that you could help them with. If salesmanship is establishing a relationship and a reputation for integrity and a genuine desire to provide value for others and not just to line your own pockets, that will ultimately be of more value to you than just the return you get on that order. <laughs>